More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. CNN now reporting, this is pretty interesting, that the DOJ repeatedly took, quote, very lenient stance on Hunter Biden. Only changed... That lenient stance after public pressure and the whistleblowers came forward before Congress. Now, when CNN is reporting this, you got to start asking yourself a question. If it's this bad now, right? If it's this bad, if this is what it looks like when you're at the DOJ or the FBI, what does that say about what else they may have been covering up? I want you to take a listen, by the way, to this soundbite. And I want you to think about this is the same network that knew at CNN that they were lying to the American people about Russian collusion. They covered that wall to wall for the entire Trump presidency and even a little bit before. I want you to think about the fact they knew that this was a dossier that could not be corroborated, but they still report on it like it was total fact. And now they're sitting there in this really awkward position where you can't deny what the whistleblowers have said. You can't deny, by the way, that Hunter Biden got a sweetheart deal. You can't deny the fact that now a bunch of his lawyers have had to quit on him. Can't deny that there's massive conflicts of interest that we're learning about as well. With some of those that are supposed to be prosecuting Hunter Biden, who actually used to work with his brother who has passed away. Those are just some of the like new headlines that you just throw in here. Like These are big stories on their own, but when you put it in the grand scheme of things, You got to sit back and go, wow, should we ever trust the media ever again if this is how they act like they are propagandists for a a, a communist political organization? Because that's basically what CNN is, the communist news network. But when all this comes out the way that it's come out, there's now these glimpses. And I say glimpses of hope because I don't believe they're actually going to change. But I think at some point they realize just how ridiculous they look, how bad they look. And they're like, all right, fine. We look so bad. Let's let's give like a minute and 20 seconds of accurate reporting. That's that's what we'll do. We'll just give we'll give a a moment of this accurate reporting. Take a listen. Uh, Ellie, uh, glad you stuck around here. So when we look at this. This evolution, it really is quite the evolution in a fairly short period of time, according to the New York Times. I know you've noted on multiple occasions just how long this investigation had dragged on. Have you ever seen a federal case play out like this before? 
No, Erica, it's really inexplicable to me. I mean, first, we had basically five years of behind the scenes investigation with no transparency, no action and some questions being asked. What's taken so long? But in the last couple months, we've seen a pattern here. And Marshall just laid it out. We've now seen it play out two or three separate times. DOJ moves towards a very lenient disposition. They're just about to lock in that lenient disposition. And then there arises pressure, either through whistleblower testimony or through public scrutiny. And then DOJ backs off and says, actually, we're not going to do that now that it's been called out. We're going to try to up it a little bit. And then that happened again. And then they go all the way to appointing special counsel, the same guy who's been presiding over the case for five plus years already. So I genuinely am perplexed by what DOJ is doing here. I think they've made a real mess for themselves and now they're going to have to deal with the consequences of it. So in terms of the mess and those consequences, uh, look, public trust is certainly one of them. Is there anything that you see that DOJ could do based on your experience, right, as a former federal prosecutor to restore public confidence in this investigation? Is the only way to fix this a trial? Uh, it may be, Erica. You know, DOJ's sort of been in a darned if they do, darned if they don't posture on this from the start, but they've made it way worse by sort of careening back and forth here. It may well be that any deal is never going to be accepted as fair. So if I'm in David Weiss's shoes here, heaven help me, I would just say, look, we're charging everything we have. We're not in position to make a deal. It'll go to trial and we'll let the jury decide this. I think that's the only way to restore any credibility to this matter. The only way to restore any credibility to this matter. That's coming from CNN. The New York Times is also reporting this morning. Prosecutors insisted, this is the New York Times, on harsher Hunter Biden plea deal as IRS whistleblowers came forward. Because they understood now that they had been busted, right? They thought they could just ram this, uh, this deal through, this, this sweetheart deal. They would give him immunity from everything he'd ever done in the past. And then when they're doing that, then they could just walk away and go, look at us. Look at how good we are. Look at how we were able to pull this off. Right. Look, look at how we were able to pull this off. Look at what we were able to do. They were going to walk out of that plea deal and go, wow, we run the world. We own the world. We are better than everyone else. We are making the rules. We make the rules. How we are the government. And when that plea deal exploded, right, because only because of brave men and women who came forward as whistleblowers did they then realize, okay, we might not be able to get away with this. Now, I, I, again, you go back to who the special counsel is. The special counsel is the same exact person that gave him the sweetheart deal. So this idea that what they should do and what they may do are two very different things. If you're waiting for them to do the right thing, I, I, I want to be clear. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Okay, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not sure that's actually going to happen. If you're waiting for there to be justice with this, I'm not sure that's going to happen. The, the way that they just described it, I'm also not sure that that is going to happen. There's no integrity with these people. Yes, they got busted, right? I mean, they did. They got busted. They got busted big time. And getting busted doesn't mean you're going to fix it. Doesn't mean you're going to change it. Doesn't mean you're going to do it any differently. They're now trying to figure out how do we get out of being busted, but still get what we want, which is limited exposure of the President of the United States of America, 
right? Limited. That's the most important thing. Limited exposure for Joe Biden while also protecting Joe Biden's son so he's not in prison like a normal person would be in prison for doing and committing these types of crimes. So how do we how do we pull that off, right? Like what are, what do we do in that scenario? That's what they're going with here. That's that is the ball game. I I for a second, all right, I, I don't believe for a second we're gonna get something real here. Okay. I just want to be very, 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 very clear with that. I, I don't believe for a moment that we're gonna get anything here that's gonna be meaningful. I, I don't believe that this is gonna change. Okay. I, I don't believe that this is going to get any better. I do believe there could be a tad more accountability. And I'm not sure what CNN just said there is going to happen either. right? I'm, I'm really not. I'm not sure that, that we're even going to get to a trial with all the charges that they just described. Like, I, I just don't see that actually happening. I assume that as soon as they think that we may not be paying attention that we may be looking the other way or that we may have moved on to something else or there's another bigger news story, they will go right back to saying, okay, let's slide this in there, right? Like, like let's, let, let, let's, let's slide it in there and, and, and see what we can pull off. That, that, you know, let's see what we can get away with. But when you have CNN actually saying this, I will say that that is a, a glimpse from one person who was brave enough to say just how bad this is on CNN, that is a glimpse of, of some hope. And I, I say some, I want to be clear, this is a very little bit of hope. That maybe, just maybe, the, the, this is something that may not work out the way the Biden crime family was hoping that it worked out, or that it would work out. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hunter Biden's lawyers apparently leveraged the President of the United States of America as a threat to make sure that the investigation into Joe Biden didn't go anywhere. Yes, Hunter Biden's lawyers threatened to put the president on the stand. A new report out says Hunter Biden's lawyers apparently warned the prosecutors last year that Hunter Biden's defense would, in fact, put the president on the stand to testify in his son's defense if criminal charges were ever brought against him, according to this new report. Hunter's lawyer, Chris Clark, wrote a letter to prosecutors last October after news leaked that federal agents had enough evidence to charge the first son with illegally buying a firearm while still using crack cocaine. Clark said that if the Justice Department did in fact charge Hunter Biden, the defense would be forced to put the commander-in-chief on the witness stand. In the message... Obtained by Politico, it said President Biden now unquestionably would be a fact witness for the defense in any criminal trial. That is what Clark wrote in the 32-page letter that's now been obtained by Politico. Now, the email, along with an additional 300 pages of emails reviewed by Politico, gives us a very new, unreported insight into Hunter's suite plea bargain deal that he was given by the now special prosecutor who was the guy who gave him the sweetheart deal it would have kept him out of prison we know that but it also would have kept him out of any future indictments all of that fell apart at the last minute last month after whistleblowers came forward detailing the corruption of the biden crime family now the younger biden 53, he pleaded not guilty to federal tax and gun charges in Delaware on July the 26th after the deal, which was bashed by many uh, for its leniency, was pulled by the U.S. District Judge. The judge had concerns over, quote, ongoing investigations, ongoing probes into other potential offenses committed by Hunter, including failing to register as a foreign agent. For lucrative dealings with foreign countries that allegedly involved his father. After persistent questioning, Clark declared the deal, quote, null and void. Now, in exchange, or I should say in the exchanges, in the prior month, Clark and his team often told prosecutors during private negotiations that they were worried about the intense political atmosphere surrounding the case. Again, this according to Politico. They raised concerns multiple times over pressure from Republican lawmakers and argued that the case could tarnish the DOJ's reputation because they would be having to cross-examine or question or defend a sitting president of the United States of America who would be, be called by Hunter Biden's team. That, by the way, is the ultimate leverage here. Now, Clark said that trying the president's son pitting the president against his own Justice Department, because obviously he would defend his son, they were saying, would create constitutional chaos, they argued, saying this is this, of all cases, justifies neither 
the spectacle of a sitting president testifying at a criminal trial, nor the potential for a resulting constitutional crisis, Hunter Biden's lawyer Clark wrote. We also know that this judge dismissed the tax misdemeanor charges against the first son, Hunter Biden, on Thursday. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed the Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who authored the sweetheart plea deal, to serve as special counsel in the case. The appointment will allow him to bring charges without the approval of Biden appointees in other districts that blocked Weiss's previous efforts, they claim, to charge Hunter with millions of dollars uh, with millions of dollars of tax fraud charges. Hunter, by the way, is expected to stand trial in either Washington, D.C. or Southern California, both places where jury pools and judges will more than likely be very favorable to Hunter Biden. And that's exactly why they've chosen those areas. Now, if you think about this dynamic, you have a former president of the United States of America who gets elected. His son is embezzling money at the levels that we couldn't even imagine even a month ago. We're now being told by James Comer it could be upwards of 40 to 50 to 60 million dollars in bribes that came into the Bidens. And then you have lawyers for Hunter Biden threatening the Department of Justice that we will put the president on the stand and that will put you at opposite sides with the sitting president of the United States of America who happens to be your boss. That's one hell of a threat. It is a threat that I think everybody should take seriously. It is a threat uh, that was that was done and they knew what they were doing. It was a reminder. You don't screw with the president of the United States of America or his family. You don't go after the family. You don't do anything against Hunter Biden. And if you do, then the president's going to be very unhappy and you're going to have to go up against him in testimony because we will absolutely call him to defend his son. That is a threat that I, I would argue there's no way it wasn't choreographed okay, by the Biden team with the father who happens to be the president involved. There's no way that legal strategy came up by accident or just without the president's knowledge. I think what we clearly know now is that this president knew how to make sure that his son was protected. Once he became the president, he knew they can't make they can't take this risk. Right. That's what it really boils down to. They, they can't take this risk. There's no way they can take this risk. This is too great of a risk. They're not going to go after their, their own boss, the president of the United States of America. Remember, all of these people serve, quote unquote, at the pleasure of the president. You think the DOJ or anybody else involved is going to be okay with that scenario? Of course not. They don't want to be in that scenario. They don't want to deal with this the way that it was just described. And it makes sense why. I, like, I, I genuinely understand it now. I get it. I comprehend it. This, is a, this was a fix that they had thought every single move that they may have to make. And every single time, it was a trump card that we will bring Joe Biden in here and you're screwed. That's what it really was. Now, while all of this is happening, there's something else that has happened around Hunter Biden. That is 
three more of Hunter Biden's lawyers have moved to withdraw from the case defending him since this is going to be a real case now. Not one, not two, but three of Hunter Biden's defense attorneys moved to withdraw from the case late on Friday after the lead attorney, Chris Clark, withdrew last week. Yeah, so that's four now total. Latham and Watkins, the attorney office, and the attorneys in there, Brian McManus, Timothy McCartan, Matthew Salerno, requested permission from the judge to withdraw from the case after the judge dismissed the plea deal on August 17th. Moving forward, prosecutors expect the case to go to trial where it will likely be tried in Delaware or California. Now, you've got to ask yourself this question. Why did this happen? Well, Brian McManus, counsel for the defendant, Robert Hunter Biden, and respectfully, this is what he wrote, requests this honorable court to withdraw all appearances for the law firm of Latham and Watkins as counsel for the defendant in the above captioned matter. The motion reads... Mr. Biden has been advised of and consents to our withdrawal. Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people and pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for a $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during covid This is not a loan, and you don't have to pay it back. Look, this program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts and consumer tax advocates. The best part is you pay nothing up front. They do all the work, and then they share a percentage of cash that you get. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had increases in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let covidtaxrelief.org help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org. That's covidtaxrelief.org. covidtaxrelief.org. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, there's also another aspect uh, that has to be considered in everything I just told you, and that is that the media, Democrats, are starting to get worried. They're starting to fret that Hunter will cloud his dad's campaign for the presidency. This was part of that conversation on CNN where they were actually talking about this. And at the bottom, it actually said on the screen, Hunter Biden investigation. Dems worried Hunter will cloud dad's campaign. Listen, I had an agenda at this yeah. point. And, and Jeff, like we're starting to see in, in 2024 for, for Trump, not to say apples to apples here, but there are these there are legal problems and then there are the political implications of those legal problems. What does this mean politically for Biden? I think politically it uh, removes some of the moral high ground that he might have against, you know, all the Trump accusations. And among Democrats, it probably doesn't matter. Uh, but among independent voters who are like, you know, uh, just this is why we don't like government. They all just smell a little crooked here. I think that could be an issue. And also, perhaps most important, how it directly impacts the president's thinking in his head. He is so defensive of Hunter Biden. And I think mm-hmm. that this has the potential of, uh, of really agitating him. Um, and, you know, I just think it's a bad look. But we don't know how long this is going out. But Dylan's right. It, a trial does not have to be unfolding here. Uh, no one wants a special counsel. And this is the second special counsel that is looking into the Biden uh, family, if you will. I mean, the other one is still looking into the uh, president's uh, handling of, of classified documents. So you don't want a special counsel because it opens a, a box and a door to who knows what. Right. And I want I, I love, by the way, they're like, you don't want a special counsel. Sure you do. If it's David Weiss. And this is where the media is spinning. They have no problem with this. David Weiss is the guy that gave him the sweetheart deal. David Weiss is the one that refused to bring charges. David Weiss is the one that ran out the clock on the statute of limitations on the most egregious tr- crimes that Hunter Biden was being accused of. David Weiss is now the special counsel. So you know that David Weiss is going to hook you up, right? You, you know this. It's not hard for anyone to, to see that this is clearly not a threat to the presidency when it comes to that special counsel. In fact, it's a mockery of the justice system. It, it, it is, is the fox guarding the hen house. There is no difference between David Weiss two weeks ago and David Weiss today. There is, there is absolutely no difference here whatsoever. And I think that if you're at the White House right now, honestly... Knowing how many people are are defending you, knowing how many people are protecting you, knowing how many people are willing to look like, I I mean this, just like complete idiots, complete morons, right? I mean, we're we're talking about morons here because they got to keep their jobs. That's part of it, right? They, they, They need to keep their power. They're, the people that are around the president, the DOJ, the FBI, they know what happens if a Republican wins, especially if that Republican's Donald Trump. So that's why I guess they're willing to cover up crimes so they can at least keep their jobs. You know, there was a very interesting conversation that Mark Levin had about this on his show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. I want you to hear what he had to say comparing what Hillary Clinton did 
to what the DOJ is prosecuting, for example, Trump on right now. And just talking about this two-tiered system of government, it, it also relates to the Bidens. Former. So what did Hillary Clinton do? She walks the country free. She's gaggling all over the place. She's getting into front, uh, friendly media. She's laughing about all these indictments. Hillary Clinton should be in prison for her entire life. Over 4,500 criminal statutes in the U.S. Code that exist today. The one mostly used, the ones are conspiracy, false statements, money laundering, obstruction, perjury, mail fraud, wire fraud, bank fraud, tax evasion. Hillary Clinton. To convict Clinton, it must be shown that she acknowledged that classified emails were contained on her private server. And they said the most recent tally by the State Department of their review of 30,000 Clinton emails indicates at least 671 emails sent or received by Clinton contained classified information. This fact stands in stark contrast to the statement she gave to reporters in July of that year when she said, I'm confident that I've never sent nor received any information that was classified at the time it was sent or received. According to the October 16th Fox News report, the FBI is also looking to see if Clinton committed gross negligence under the Espionage Act for failure to keep national defense information safe. 18 U.S.C. 793, they're using that against Trump. Notably, the information doesn't necessarily have to be marked as classified to violate the statute. The article cited an intelligence community source who spoke on the condition of anonymity. The intelligence source said the subsection requires the lawful possession of national defense information by a security clearance holder who, through gross negligence, such as the use of an unsecure computer network, permits the material to be removed abstracted from its proper secure location. She even hired an IT purpose on her own, uh, person on her own dime who works for the uh, Department of State to handle the server. That's how much she didn't want anyone to know about the server. And by the way, that's a crime, too. You're not allowed to subsidize uh, or receive uh, private monies for doing what is a government job, and that's sort of what he was doing for her at her request, but nobody talks about that. She destroyed over 30,000 emails. They destroyed their cell phones. Nobody was dragged in front of a grand jury. There was no search done of her home for any other servers or information. Um, she did an interview. Uh, her staff was permitted to be there. Her lawyers were permitted to be there. Her lawyers destroyed this information based on header information, not substantive information. And she skates. In the Presidential Records Act that applies to Trump, which gives the president authority over documents like no other official in the government, including a secretary of state or an ex-secretary of state, she didn't have that defense. She didn't have that statute. Trump has that. And he's charged with 40 counts. And he's charged with a total of 91 counts from these three prosecutors. Mark Levin is right. And not only is he right on this, but he's also right in the aspect of, of this also relates to Joe Biden and the Biden crime family. The same thing that they did with Hillary Clinton is the same thing they're doing with the Bidens, except the difference this time is there is there, there's real court cases and real crimes that they're investigating. And so now the threats are coming back of, OK, if you treat Hunter Biden like a normal human being, if you treat his crimes like a normal human being, we will be forced to then take the president of the United States of America, put him on the stand to defend his son. And do you really want to go against your boss? That's the threat. Do you want to go against your boss? And these people at the DOJ and the FBI, they know what's going to happen to their jobs if any Republican is elected. 
It doesn't matter which one. Let's say it's not Trump. Let's say it's DeSantis. Let's say it's Vivek. Let's say it's any of these except for maybe Chris Christie. They know that their jobs are going to be gone instantly. And if it is Donald Trump, they are also, I think, extremely worried. They are extremely worried that not only are they going to lose their jobs, but they may actually be indicted. They may actually have a special prosecutor that looks at the crimes that they were committing and then comes after them, even though they were in the U.S. government. There's a good chance that all of a sudden everything that they did is not just going to be shown publicly, but then they will be investigated. And, and, and by the way, I don't believe that's a political witch hunt. If Donald Trump is elected, he will have a mandate to do that. One last thing that I also think is playing into this right now is Joe Biden's not very popular. And the reason why is, look at this. If you compare the first 30 months of Joe Biden's presidency to Donald Trump, jobs created. And a lot of these, by the way, were when people came back to work post-COVID. So this number is inflated because some people had quit their jobs, lost their jobs, and they came back, and Biden's getting credit for that. Post-COVID, it is 2.1 million to Joe Biden. 4.9 million jobs are created by Trump. Manufacturing jobs in the first 30 months, 204,000 jobs are created by Biden. At the same point in his presidency, almost a half a million for Donald Trump. And look at the 30-year mortgage rate. 7.51 on a 30-year mortgage right now, the highest in 21 years. What was it in January of 2021? 2.65. That's what this election is also going to be about. Let me say one final thing and recap here about the Biden crime family and everything that we just learned real quick uh, about not only his lawyers quitting on him, Hunter Biden, uh, the corruption now with uh, prosecutors that are supposed to be investigating him, formerly worked with his brother, Bo. It's going to take, by the way, more whistleblowers to even keep this thing front and center. I don't know how many are out there. I don't know how many are going to be brave enough to come forward. And I understand people not coming forward. If you've got kids, you've got a family to take care of, your career, um, individual at the IRS or anywhere else in our government where you could you know, instantly become a whistleblower. I'm, I'm serious when I say this. I understand why many whistleblowers don't come forward. Because if you know the system is so rigged that you have to be a whistleblower, number one, okay, then... Number two is going to be even worse than that, the point I'm about to make, right? Because number one, right, n- n- number one is that you are a, you know, whistleblower. Well, then number two is there's retaliation that comes after you, right? There's, there, there's total retaliation. People are going to come after you. And you may lose your career. You may have your career completely, you know, just shut out off right you may never get to grow in your career you may be labeled and what if joe biden wins again is it fair to say at that point like you're just done right like at that point it's just game over that's the problem here that that, that's the that's the biggest problem that i see is that aspect of this it without more whistleblowers to keep putting pressure on them to do the right thing. I don't think that we're going to win. I don't think that justice is going to win. I hope there are more brave men and women that will come forward. And I hope that when they do, the media will be forced to cover it. That's what I hope. That's my goal. 
I think having an honest look at all this should be the goal of everybody. I think having an honest look at what is happening with this family should be the goal of anyone that cares about law and order. But when you look at the compare and contrast aspect of everything, of what they're doing to Donald Trump, I mean, he's going to get arrested again this week, for goodness sakes. He's going to get arrested again in Georgia for ridiculous crimes that they're charging him with. They're even charging him for things that he did outside the state, which is outside the jurisdiction. They don't care. That's how psychotic the left has become. Meanwhile, we're sitting here as conservatives like, what do we do? How do we play this game? What should Republicans do? Should Republican DAs go after the Bidens and say, okay, I don't care that the crime didn't happen here. If this is how the new game's going to be played, then we're going to play the game this way. It's a really tough sell for many conservative lawyers and, and DAs to not go down to the level of the Democrats and become activists. And I understand that. Like, it's really tough. But when you see this type of abuse of power, then you ask yourself, what's next? And if we don't fight back, what are they going to what is this country going to look like in five years? Hell, in, in, in five months, for that matter. And imagine another four years of this type of abuse of power by Joe Biden and the Biden crime family and the Biden DOJ, the Biden FBI, the Biden CIA, the Biden White House staff. If they can get away with this, then what does it look like for another four years? Especially when none of them are then worried about that most important thing, right? Job security. You got four more years and you say, okay, so what? We'll move on. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. Please make sure you write us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast so that it will help us reach more people. And we will see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.